Before we get into today's episode, our annual NBA opening night doubleheader is Wednesday, October 20th. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and the Celtics are at Madison Square Garden to take on Julius Randle and former Celtic Kimball Walker and the New York Knicks at 7.30 Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Then it's our primetime West Coast game with reigning MVP Nikolai Jokic and the Nuggets in Phoenix squaring off against Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and the Suns, last season's Western Conference champions. Two great matchups to tip off the NBA season on ESPN and the ESPN app. One app, one tap. Also, Baldman on Campus is a new ESPN podcast hosted by Jay Billis, LaFonso Ellis, and Seth Greenberg. These ESPN basketball personalities give you an all-access pass inside the world of college basketball, talking to the biggest names in the sport. That's Baldman on Campus. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of DCNRC. I'm Daniel Cormier. That's my guy, Ryan Clark. And boy, do we have a show for you today. Later in the show, we're going to talk about the big boys. Start off the new year as Francis Ngannou and Cyril Ghosn get a date. Then we'll talk about Aspen Ladd finally going up to 145 pounds. Which, I mean, she took that advice, RC. <laughs> took that good which advice. Which makes a much easier weight cut. <laughs> But it also gives our short path to a championship. And last, Ryan and I will rank the top combat sports trilogies in all time after watching Deontay Wilder win for me. Tyson Fury last week. But first, RC, is the Youngblood's birthday. And Ryan, Whoa. let me get you this real down south happy birthday song. Cue the music, Corporate Jake. Oh, second line. Okay, DC, what you know about that? Hey. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Okay. Let's go. Oh. Boom. I like it. I like it. See, this is what happened, guys, when they put two dudes from Louisiana on the same podcast, right? We, we, we don't even give you Stevie Wonder. We don't even give you the old traditional happy birthday. We break. We take it down south to Bourbon Street, baby. Appreciate you, hey, D.C. You take it to Bourbon Street and listen. Hey, young blood, you know how they say it down south? Young blood, you just turned it 42. I'm 42 years old already. I'm almost a year in, so I'm calling you young blood yes, for sir. the rest of the day. I love oh, it. Man, happy birthday. Happy birthday, dog. Congratulations. Another year. Appreciate it. On this earth. It's a blessing. A year where you and I get to do a show together. And I'm I'm grateful for it, my friend. Let's get it. My man. Now let's get started. First things first. Yesterday, news drops. Leon Edwards gets his guy. Jorge Masvidal versus Edwards gets moved to December 11th. Mm-hmm. So with all the backstory, we get these dudes finally tangling. As a fan of the sport, R.C., how good does it feel to finally see these dudes matched up and putting pen to paper? DC, I'm so fired up, bro. And here, here's why I'm fired up, DC, because you know where we from. We just talked about being from down south. We, we, we've been in a couple of scraps, right? Like all your scraps, you weren't wearing leotards and helmets or gloves. Some of them scraps had to happen in the streets of Lafayette. And then we see that Leon Edwards tweets, millionaire. And then I also know that Jorge Masvidal said, you're welcome, super necessary. Let me tell you why it's super necessary. Because if you three-piece me, DC, if we both supposed to be trained fighters, right? We are both professional mm-hmm. fighters. We talking a little smack. You doing the interview. You walk by. He, he like, hey, say that to my face. Let's see what you about. And we get face to face and dude hit you with the wop, the wop, the wop. And he cuts your <laughs> face and you cut and you don't tell him let's run it back. 
and you never get your get back, to me, you can't even feel like a fighter if that's what happened. Mm-hmm. So Leon Edwards finally puts pen to paper to fight Jorge Masvidal. And Jorge Masvidal is the draw here, right? And this, this is who the people mm-hmm. want to see, the guy that's fought for the BMF. And now if you're Leon Edwards, you're taking a chance because you should be next in line to fight Kamaru Usman. There are so many intriguing ways to look at this fight, but the most intriguing way and the most exciting way is, nah, bro, you put hands on me for real. <laughs> now we get to do yeah. it for the money. Well, I think what happened was Leon Edwards walked up to Jorge Masvidal in a way that most fighters do when approaching other fighters. Mm-hmm. What he didn't anticipate was that Game Brand ain't playing. Right. Game Brand's from the streets of Miami. Yep. Right. This is the same dude that fought with Kimbo Slice. The late great Kimbo Slice in the backyard fights in Miami. So mm-hmm. when you walk up in that man's face, you got to be ready to go. Absolutely. Masvidal hits him with the two piece bang bang. <laughs> what I wish, <laughs> what I wish was that they would have had the payoff a little bit earlier. Right. Yes. I'm a huge WWE fan. Okay. And I love the slow build. Like when you wait a year before, you see them kind of have interactions, but they never actually fight. Right. I feel like this one took a little bit long for me. It did. I wanted to see it before because for me, it's like, is Leon Edwards past this now? Right. Mm-hmm. Has Leon kind of gotten to the point where going to fight game bread is almost a bit of a step back. I get the financial implications it has for him. Dude, Ryan, you know, I mean, you and I both know. When you, you get to say you've made a million, hey, right? Di- when you, when different you, feeling, bro. I mean, different hey, feeling, bro. You, it's a different feeling. Yeah. So for Leon, it's great to see him get the bag. But in terms of career, it's it's like it's like it feels like he should be fighting for the belt next. I, I think it's the right move because he put this behind Nate Diaz mm-hmm. and Masvidal. Now there's no doubting that he gets the next title shot. But I do feel like in terms of like just fighting in the small box, just fighting. Right. He might have been past it. But in terms of everything surrounding it, massive fight for the UFC. Hey, but you also, you big also, money fight for Leon. Now, it's a big money fight. But also, Leon Edwards' street cred is going to have to be through the ceiling, right? If he beats, yeah. if, if you go beat Nate Diaz and you beat Jorge Masvidal. Hey, I mean, is, who left? See the BMF? Right, you, right. BMF? Yeah, exactly. BMF we got to put, we got to put my dog on the list. The belt back to back. Yeah, we got to put him on the <laughs> list. But I still think I'm, I'm with you though, DC. It's as, as as a career path. It does seem that Leon Edwards is past this. We actually saw or talked about them moving on from this fight on a recent show. And so it is strange to me that now it finally happens. But if you could put that bread in your pocket and you believe yeah. in your skills, then you Leon Edwards. You take this fight. You win this fight, and you feel like Kamaru Usman is the next step for you to get an opportunity to hold that belt. The scary thing is that for Leon Edwards, the guy that's won nine in a row, has not been beaten in 10 fights because of the draw with Bilal Muhammad, he's he's on the short list of guys to fight the champ. But if he beats Jorge Masvidal, you can't deny him. But Jorge Masvidal now has a lot of stake in the race because if Kobe Covington can win and he wins a month later, could you imagine the build oh my to gosh. former teammates turned fighters, turned challenges for the belt? Dude, this division is on fire right now. But you know who has a ton to say about it? The Kamar champ, Kamaru Usman, Usman yep. who has no intention of dropping that belt. Welterweight is as exciting as it's been for a long time. And I can't wait to the end of the year for it to all kind of uh, come into focus. But you know what did come into focus last week in oh, RC? The heavyweight division in boxing. 
as mm. Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder mixed it up for a third time. And it was an absolute classic. From start to finish, it had everything you hope for in a heavyweight championship fight. Ultimately, Tyson Fury gets the knockout in the 11th round, mm -hmm. but Deontay Wilder leaves with more credit than he had going into the fight because of the way that he fought the fight. How happy were you to see boxing really take its place, the heavyweight championship fight take its place atop the sports world, and how exciting was that fight? My goodness, Ryan. I mean, it was so good. I mean, th this is what it's supposed to be, right? This is this is Ali Frazier. This is when you get, you know, uh, Mike Tyson uh, uh, and, and, and you get the Vander Holyfields, you get the Lennox Lewis. When we were looking to the heavyweight championship of the world in boxing as one of the baddest men or if not the baddest man on earth. And when you got... When you got these two dudes in the ring, it was different, right? The, the the buildup was different. And it's so crazy that we were so excited about this fight. And Deontay Wilder actually never won either of the first two fights. You get a split decision in which he was outboxed the, the, the first time. A split decision draw, he was outboxed, but he manages to drop Tyson Fury. And Tyson Fury raises up like the Undertaker, right? And you end up, you end up getting a decision in that fight. He was truly dominated in the second fight. And we talked about all the excuses, all the reasons why. Why Deontay mm -hmm. Wilder felt like he wasn't competitive. And I remember watching Deontay Wilder at the weigh-in and being like, okay, dude been on these weights. And then he comes out in yep. the first round and he's, he's throwing the jab to the body. He's leading with the jab. And eventually, though, he gets put down. And so now my question becomes, all right, are you going to start thinking about getting knocked out in the second fight? And then he drops Tyson Fury twice in the fourth. And I'm like, okay, now we got a we got a fight. It right? We got a battle. And to to, to see these dudes go, go to war like they did. But I felt to me to see Deontay Wilder deal with being dropped. You could tell he was obviously fatigued very early on in the fight. Mm -hmm. You got a 280-pound man laying on you the entire time. And to continue fighting and to make it to the 11th round was great, right? It, it gave him so much to me, so much more credibility than he left fight number two. But also thinking about Tyson Fury, what this man has been through outside of the ring, dealing with depression, dealing with gaining weight, mm -hmm. being over 400 pounds, getting yourself back into fighting shape. And to me now becoming the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, the baddest man of the world wearing trunks and gloves is an amazing story. It's an amazing destination. But man, to see that yeah. three times, bro, it was worth every single bit of the money. We got to get to our good friends from Keeps.com. Now, you know what, guys? Are you tired of losing your hair? Well, Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep it with convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't have to even leave your home. It's low cost, and the treatments start at just $10 a month. Keeps even offers generic versions. It comes in discreet packaging with proven results and has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act fast. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash DC to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash DC to get your first month free. Keeps.com slash DC. You guys know what makes Modelo special? It's brewed for those with the fighting spirit. And you wouldn't expect anything less from the official beer of the UFC. Modelo was the underdog. It came from humble beginnings and never gave up. It's brewed from premium hops to create a crisp Pilsner-style lager, which set the standard for authentic Mexican beer. So the next time you tune into a UFC fight card, make sure you've got the beer that's always in your corner. Modelo, brewed for those with the fighting spirit. Drink responsibly. 
beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. RC, I'll be honest with you. Tyson Fury is an absolute inspiration to people Mm -hmm. from drug addiction to the weight issues to becoming the heavyweight champion of the world. You said something earlier about uh, Deontay Wilder getting dominated in fight number two. I thought it was a massive mistake for him to take this fight back. I thought he should have went and fought somebody else before he got back in there with Tyson Fury. The reality is, though, he showed the best showing that he's had in a long time. Mm -hmm. He fought great early. He boxed earlier. Right. But you knew Deontay Wilder wasn't going to be able to maintain that he's not a boxer. He's a puncher. Yes. So he continued to try to find ways to knock Tyson out. Deontay Wilder, while he fought better, I got to tell you something that may be met with a bit of criticism, but I'm just certain of it. Deontay Wilder was in this fight because Tyson Fury didn't fight good. This was not a... Ryan, Tyson Fury, and and if you talk to him, people close to Tyson Fury, they'll tell you that wasn't the best Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury did not fight a great fight. Mm -hmm. He got hit more than he than he normally gets hit. He right. didn't box as beautifully as he normally boxes. He definitely did. If he would have just boxed, if he would have just boxed like he did, it would have looked more like the second fight. But he brawled a lot. He was so intent on using his weight to smother mm-hmm. Deontay Wilder that he put himself in danger at times. Now look, I'm over here judging the heavyweight champion of the world, but I'm telling you as a fighter that that wasn't Tyson Fury's best performance. But even in his best performance. He was able to beat the clear number two dude yeah. in the world. Yeah, but DC. So it tells you how special he is. DC. But that was not the best Tyson Fury, right? Sorry. DC, you're, you're talking about it not being the best Tyson Fury. And I obviously spoke about mm-hmm. watching Deontay Wilder be winded and gassed earlier. Mm-hmm. Tyson Fury was 280 pounds entering this and fight. And he was tired. How, how, about say, how much Tyson did fatigue, how much fatigue, how much does fatigue play a part in being able to box your best in a situation like that? Tyson was tired, Ryan. Tyson was tired. Mm-hmm. But Deontay was more tired because Tyson kept headlocking him. Okay. That's why the referee was like, no front headlocks. But what Tyson Fury did, RC, is what you have seen for as long as you've seen the sport. Myself, I've done it, RC. When I fought Rumble Johnson, I literally just hung over the top of him mm-hmm. to make him carry my weight, covering his mouth, pushing his head down, going to a front headlock. Same with Dan Henderson. So, Same thing. So, so basically, Tyson it was just, just so basically on. you just did dirty boxing the entire time it's, to beat Rumble Johnson. Is that what you're telling me? Dirty boxing and dirty grappling. <laughs> where you're just on top yeah. of him, RC. Right. That's what Tyson Fury did. Dude, when somebody's over the top of you like that, mm-hmm. all that weight on your back. So now Deontay's carrying Tyson Fury's weight and his own. Even if it's for a short period of time. Five seconds at a time. Five seconds turns to 10. Right. Five seconds turns to 20 and 40 and in a minute. He might have spent two minutes under Tyson Fury. That's the smarts of Fury. Fury's not only a big puncher, has a great right hand, Mm -hmm. but he's also really, really smart. And I think the smarts is what ultimately got Deontay Wilder. That's why he was so exhausted. Now, one thing that I got a little bit of flack for, and I'll get flack for this too, but I'm telling you, I'm judging him as a world champion. I said that it was a slow count when Deontay Wilder dropped Tyson Fury the second time. Mm. Bro. It was a slow it took, count. It took a while. You're supposed to, it took a while. You're supposed to keep, you, RC, you're supposed to keep the count. You're supposed to keep the count. Deontay should have went to the neutral corner. Right. But the count was slow. Do I think for a second Tyson wouldn't have got up? 
Ryan, if you watch fight number one and he got up after getting dropped like he did Undertaker, in that, that, bro. that last one, he is going to get up. I'm right. not saying he wasn't going to make it. He was going to get up, but that gave him a little more time. I don't care that Deontay's black, like some of the people say on the on the internet. Yeah, I'm stupid. saying that it seemed like he got lost in the count when the ref went to speak to Deontay opposed to continuing his count. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, you've been kind of not necessarily nitpicking, but you're looking at it from a champion and a fighter's point of view that there are different things mm-hmm. that could have been done in this fight if you're a Tyson, Tyson Fury. There's also was a slow count. But in the end, Tyson Fury is still the world champion. So what's next the best. for Tyson Fury? What's the next step? Who's the next opponent? Who can we find? Because I think you and I both agree yeah. he just beat the clear-cut number two for the second time yeah. in a row by an emphatic knockout. You know what, man? I I don't know because Anthony Joshua is taking his rematch right now. We yeah. all thought that was the fight. So I think Fury takes some time, right? There are guys out there uh, for him to fight, but none of them are going to bring the revenue that he had last weekend or he'll get if Anthony Joshua can get past, is it Yulchik, Yulchik, yeah. whatever his name is? If he can get past him, then you start to look at a, a, a big fight again for Tyson Fury. But I think at this point, when you're the baddest man on the planet, when you're a man that can sing beautifully, a man that has more confidence than any human being I've ever seen walking God's green earth. I saw him at a pool party in some freaking Speedos at 300 pounds. <laughs> I've never met a man more confident than Tyson Fury. Love the guy. Love his story. He should wait to see what, let these dudes work their way up to fighting him. There's no reason just to be fighting anybody, especially when he is a, yeah. a big time revenue maker like he has become for box. Yeah, and I think I think the hard thing is this though, DC. When when we look at where Tyson Fury is right now in the boxing world, you just beat Deontay Wilder for the second time in probably one of the more visible heavyweight fights that we've had in this era. And so now you're talking about fighting a guy like Anthony Joshua, who looks the part, right? He's big, he's swole, he looks like Clubber Lang, but you lose to Ruiz and you have to go rematch that. And so the the tra- trajectory of these two men is just not the same but there also isn't anywhere else to go so he has to sit around and hope that Anthony Joshua can avenge his latest loss and then now we can get that fight which we have been waiting on for a ton of time but just to me just to me DC it's lost a little bit of its luster when you're a guy like Anthony Joshua who we've seen lose twice to two two fighters we don't put in the same category as Tyson Fury no, absolutely. And for Anthony Joshua to get this one back, it's not like when he lost to Ruiz. Ruiz knocked him out. Yeah. But this guy outboxed him mm-hmm. over the course of an entire fight. So he's going to have to make some changes if he wants to find himself in a fight with Tyson Fury and hoping to build to a trilogy. And Ryan, don't think that I forgot. You're not off the hook. We will ultimately get... <laughs> To the top five trilogies that we have seen with it. in our life or in the history of combat sports a little later in the show. But before that, we got to get to our good friends from Keeps.com. Now, you know what, guys? Are you tired of losing your hair? Well, Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep it with convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't have to even leave your home. It's low cost and the treatment started just $10 a month. Keeps even offers generic versions. It comes in discreet packaging with proven results and has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act fast. If you're ready to take action, 
and prevent hair loss. Go to keeps.com slash DC to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash DC to get your first month free. Keeps.com slash DC. Now, Ryan, you know who is? You know who look like they use the keeps.com? Who? My boy Drew Brees. It looked like Brees. <laughs> hey, he came all the like way back, dog. Hey, no, DC. Brees come all the way back. DC, <laughs> Brees came back like an off-season LeBron James. He really did. He came, I mean, yeah, he, this is crazy. He came back it's like an off-season so LeBron. You know, you know who else? You know who else we waiting to make a comeback, though? Francis Ngannou. <laughs> Right, Francis, yes. Francis yeah. Ngannou. Oh, oh, nice transition. Yeah, Francis. Nice Francis. transition, that's my what, guy. That's what I do. I do a little TV, bro. I do a little TV. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Francis Ngannou and, and, and Cyril Gan. We, we finally get an opportunity to see this fight, which is now, I guess, two champions, right? We have the, the, the heavyweight champion. We also have the interim champion. And they're going to fight January 22nd. DC, how excited are you that we finally get to see this? I don't know whether we think it's a, a grudge match because Francis Ngannou left that camp and now Cyril Gan is the star of that camp. If it's a grudge match, because Cyril Gan gets a belt, right? I didn't feel like Francis was inactive that long when we <laughs> needed another champion. But guess what? Dana White does what Dana White does. And we're going to have two belts at every press conference, two champions at every press conference, two accents at every press I conference, love that. and I two love. huge men. I love. How excited are you? I love that, RC. I'm excited, RC, but I love that. Seeing two belts, champion versus champion, it it gets my motor running. So even though Francis barely had won the belt and they made him interim title, I'm all in, man. I'm all in for the fight. It's going to be crazy because you. we've talked about this time and time again. I'm the dude that when you're with your friends talking about something that ain't supposed to get to the streets, you make sure y'all speak low when y'all around me. Because, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to start mess. Boy, you I'm messy as hell. Start, oh, my goodness, boy, you don't even realize. <laughs> I'm so messy. But now I see a situation where we got dudes that were former teammates, and they're going to fight each other. And then you got Cyril Gunn. Like I said, he walked into the gym. Or, or see, he walked into the gym. A million-dollar bill walked into the gym. And now these two dudes fight for the heavyweight championship world. You know what's crazy here? Cyril Gunn just elbowed Francis in the face. They're in practice. These dudes are out of their minds. Look at how Francis just tried to elbow him. He don't matter if he got elbow is that, back. Is, is that like, is that like a, un, a unwritten rule of sparring, no DC, <laughs> that we don't elbow each other in the face? RC, we don't wear elbow pads for the exact reason that you don't elbow each other. <laughs> but when you look at these two, they're both great fighters, both 6'4". Francis has a couple inches reach. Francis has lost. Cyril Gunn has not. few years younger Cyril Gunn. And these two are going to mix it up. It has all the makings of a great heavyweight title fight. Now, when you look at these two guys, you look at Cyril Gunn, who dominated Derek Lewis, who dominated everybody's fought. Francis Ngannou has pretty much knocked out everybody he's fought. It's very difficult to hold on to the heavyweight championship of the world. Stephen Miocic has the record, and he only defended it about three times. Right. You know, he only defended it three times in a row. That's how hard it is to stay heavyweight champion. But when I look at these two, I find myself wondering, are these two capable of a sustained reign at the top of this division? I mean, the other thing about this, uh, DC, when you look at the way that the heavyweight belt has, has changed champion, it's just changed hands so many different times. Watching Francis Ngannou fight, especially after his loss to Stipe, he seemed so dominant. Other than, other than his earlier fight against Derek Lewis, which you 
have said is the worst <laughs> fight you've ever seen. <laughs> Other than that, Francis Ngannou has looked really, he's looked extremely dominant. Even when we go back to the fight against Stipe, where they're kind of filling each other out for, for the first round, and then he, he finally drops him. And so we see all these different things. Do You don't think that one of these dudes can be so dominant at the top of the heavyweight division that we get one of those reigns like a Kamaru Usman or like a, a John Jones at light heavyweight, maybe a George St. Pierre when he was fighting, even Israel Adesanya at 185. You don't think that one of these dudes can hold on to the belt that way, being such, one, such skilled fighters, right? Such big and massive men, also so dang mean, right? When you Bro. have this type of talent, you can't see these dudes having those type of reigns, DC? You know, RC, I, I just like, I know how difficult it is. You know, when Cain Velasquez was the man, mm -hmm. I thought nobody would ever beat him. But then he gets knocked out by freaking Junior Dos Santos. And then Verdum submits him. So it's like, things can change so fast in this weight class. There are no guarantees. Now, if I had to guess who would reign longer, mm -hmm. I would probably choose the more well-rounded guy. Can we agree that the more well-rounded guy is Cyril? Gone. Yeah. Right? Like, can we can we agree that the more yep. well-rounded guy is Cyril? So it would seem as though Cyril might be the guy that could could reign for a long time. But with the way Francis knocks people out, right. you start to look at the rankings and, and, and who has he not knocked out? I mean, the yes. number three guy in the world is, is Curtis Blades, and he's knocked him out twice. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Who's going to beat Francis? Hey, Ryan, I saw that dude the other day. Dude weighed 285 pounds, man. You told me. He put his put his hand on my shoulder. I was like, this dude, is, he's the man. And DC, he looks like the DC, heavyweight champion. I told you, man, when we were at McGregor Poirier, I was sitting downstairs eating at the bar. And, you know, it, 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 was, it was fighters everywhere. Francis Ngannou walked by. I put my fork down because I didn't want him <laughs> to feel disrespected by anything Damn. I might do. So I kept my right, hands right, real still right. and you I ain't go near him. Hey, you gonna eat your cornbread? You gonna eat your cornbread? Francis walked past like, yo, here, dog. Like, just take the cornbread. Yeah, I'm bro. hungry. I'm good. He's so big and strong, bro. And he looks and feels when he's... His presence is that of the heavyweight mm -hmm. champion of the world. Just like Tyson Fury's presence right. is that of the heavyweight champion of the world. So uh, combat sports, boxing, heavyweights, right now, the level man is unmatched. And I can't wait to get to the fight uh, in January to watch these two behemoths get locked into the octagon because that is a real heavyweight championship fight like we saw last Absolutely. week. Absolutely. But, but, Ryan, before we can go forward, yes, we got a friend that never, <laughs> never leaves our side. And those are our good friends at Modelo. Absolutely. You guys know what makes Modelo special? It's a group of those with the fighting spirit. And you wouldn't expect anything less from the official beer of the UFC. Modelo was the underdog. It came from humble beginnings and never gave up. It's brewed from premium hops to create a crisp Pilsner-style lager, which set the standard for authentic Mexican beer. So the next time you tune into a UFC fight card, make sure you've got the beer that's always in your corner. Modelo. Brewed for those with the fighting spirit. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. You know, last weekend, we got to watch a fighter that had a ton of momentum in yep. Mackenzie Dern mm -hmm. take on Marina Rodriguez. And Mackenzie Dern was submitting everybody. She struggled to take Rodriguez down. And in doing so, Marina won the belt. Now, Marina becomes a really 
really viable contender on a short list of people that are waiting for the result of Whaley and Rose too. Mm-hmm. What did you make of the fight last weekend watching those two and how confused McKenzie looked when she couldn't get the fight to the ground? I was just about to say that. DC, remember we talked last week about who can impose their will on the other fighter. And I think McKenzie was like one of eight on, on her takedowns. And she actually had Marina in some difficult positions that she was able to get out of at some times. But we all knew that if this fight didn't go to the ground, that Mackenzie Dern would be in a bad situation or Mackenzie Dern wouldn't be in the best uh, position to succeed. The other thing coming into this fight, all I heard was Mackenzie Dern, Mackenzie Dern, Mackenzie Dern. We were even do, even doing top five submission artists based on how great we thought she was in the ground game, but she never got there, DC. She never had an opportunity to keep Marina Rodriguez on the mat. And so when she gets in fights where, where, where she can't do that anymore, where, he, where she can't impose her will or get the fight into her wheelhouse, what is she supposed to do? Right. Is, is there going to be an evolution where we can now see Mackenzie Dern add something to her game that allows her to get to the Wang Lee, to the Wei Lee fight or it allows her to get to the Rose fight, the Thug Rose fight, if Thug Rose remains the champion? Because watching this fight and seeing the confusion on her face, seeing how she really had no other place to go once she couldn't get the fight to the ground doesn't make me feel like she has what it takes to eventually be the champion because she's just not a well-rounded enough of a fighter. You know, she's one of the only true specialists left. You know, back in the day, it was jujitsu fighter versus boxer or wrestler or whatever. She's a specialist. And you saw it very early in the fight because in round one, when she couldn't get Rodriguez down, she looked confused. She was looping punches. She was throwing things crazy. But in round two, she got the fight to the ground. And then you saw the brilliance of Mackenzie Dern. She looked Beautiful on the mat. Her transitions, her abilities to put you in, in danger uh, whenever you're not expecting it. Her ability to truly just be a move ahead of you on the mat is second to none. But on the feet, she is still struggling, as you would expect from someone that comes from such a strong grappling background. But when she got the fight down, I heard John Anik say, maybe you're looking at a 10-8 from Mackenzie Dern. Well, round three starts. And she looked tired. She looked like she looked like she went back to round number one where she was confused. And then she goes back to the corner. And her coach, one of the most brilliant minds in all the mixed martial arts, Jason Perillo, he says this to her. He goes, Mackenzie, you got a little bit tired. Okay, you took a round off. It's okay. Let's get back to work now. We got to win the next two. I'm not judging Jason Perillo for the message. I'm wondering why that lack of urgency in that moment when it seemed as though, Ryan, she got the momentum in round two. So now it's time to build on that. Opposed to saying, okay, you took one off. It's okay. We got to get back to work because now it's do or die. Because Marina gets round one. Marina gets round three because you didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Now you have to win four and five. What did did you think of that? Because lately these corners, man, have been a bit, the corner and have me, it's, it's making me scratch my head as I approach and watch these fights. Exactly. And, and, and it's really a, a question I have for you, DC, because in, in football, which probably isn't as urgent a situation as fighting is. Now, this was obviously a five round fight. So maybe he felt like, OK, after being gassed and after doing and after, you know, trying different submissions and trying to maneuver positions the entire second round, maybe you could take a break. 
But it seems to me like you should try to win every single round you possibly can. And if you do have your opponent in a, in a tough situation or you have your opponent winded or you have your opponent second guessing what they could do to beat you, now it's time to attack. We haven't seen that from, we didn't see that from McKenzie Dern's corner, but we've also watched fights recently, DC, where we felt like fighters were straight lied to. Right. Well, and, and, yeah. not, and not and not lied to by omission. It wasn't a situation where they're like, hey, you're doing well. You know, let's come out. Let's fight hard. Let's do this. No, it was you're winning. Right. You're up. You just have you just have to survive. Right. Like, you know, stay, stay, stay out of out of trouble. I mean, we saw it with uh, Johnny Walker and Tiago Santos. Now we see it with Mackenzie Dern. So many times I'm listening to the corners of these fighters and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Fights must look way different in the arena than they do on my ESPN Plus But they Plus don't, app. though. But they don't, champ. They don't, but, hey, they don't, they actually don't look much different. Like, what you're seeing on, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. So, I don't understand. Even, like, bro, it's just so different because Tim Elliott also lost last weekend. Yes. And his coach, James Krause, came out and just took, like, hey, I did him a disservice. Mm -hmm. I should not have told him he was up 2-0. But that's the problem with guessing. You can't guess where you are because you don't know you what don't the judges know. are watching. And for the most part, hey, I don't really want to say this, but for the most part, the judges don't know what the hell they're watching. They're watching them. They get they got blinders on. They're, they're so they got blinders on. Watching them, the, a lot of the judges are watching fights with an eye patch. They're watching right. from one eye. Like I don't get what they're seeing at times. So to truly try to sit there and watch, unless you're completely dominant, it's crazy. We've dealt with it time and time again, where you go to the corner and you wonder if you're winning. In the first Jones fight. My corner was a bit confused because they'd never see me losing. Right. So they didn't know what to tell me. But by the time I fought Rumble the next time, they were like, hey, you won the round. You dominated him in round one, but he dropped you, so let's give it to him. Yes. Let's just get back to work. Yes. Against Gustafson, round four, you need this one. Go get it. You no. won that one. Round five, still go win the round to make sure that we won the fight. You got to have a very concise and clear message with these fighters because otherwise you give them a false sense of where they are. And you know what, too, when, when you think about when you think about coaches or you think about trainers, whether it's fighters or players, you have the ultimate trust. And not only that they have your best interest at heart. Right. Because obviously our interests are tied. We you know, we want to win and they want us to win. We both put in that work for that situation. But the other piece of it is, too, I'm looking for you. I'm looking to you for guidance. You know, like mm -hmm. you're, you're talking about what they told you in the uh, Gustafsson, Gustafsson fight or what they told you in the Rumble fight. I also don't need just, okay, you got to go win it. Sometimes I need, yeah. you need to tell me how to win it. You win it. You need to yes. tell me what's next. You need to tell me what I need to do. And I think so many times trainers are, are sitting there or coaches are sitting here and they're trying to spare feelings. No, don't spare feelings. And you know how you do that? Give me something strategic, right? Give me a way to approach this fighter or give me a way to approach the next play or the next series where I can find a win, where I can find success. Mm -hmm. Because now we're not focused on necessarily why I lost the last round or, or why I gave up a touchdown. What we're focused on is going forward. And I think so many mm -hmm. times we're listening to these trainers and these coaches not saying, all right, go out and win 
in this manner. Here is how here, here is how you counter the takedown or here is how you counter mm-hmm. the level the level change. All right. I want you to circle this way. I hear you all the time and you're saying, OK, you got to cut off the ring. Tell me how to cut off the ring. Right. You, yeah. you, you got you got to block a certain way or you got to move a certain way. Or every time he switches, you know, he switches stance like we talk about Tiago Santos. He comes with the left body kick. Tell me those things so I can focus on that. Not why I lost the last round. Yeah, it's in it's in, it's in those in between moments, right? Where I give you the guidance, you go out and you 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 use the game plan. There are times though where people just lose their minds. At right. times, fighters, just like football players, they just <laughs> so they lose, lose their, their minds. Mind. I mean, Ryan, bro, the dude from the Ravens last night that got the first lost his pop, mind. Young dude lost his mind. Lost his mind. Dude lost. His, he hey, got hey, bailed out. <laughs> and here's what's crazy, DC, about that. I'm watching that and I say to myself, like at first I was just shocked and appalled. Like, why would he do that? Why would you put your hands on this man in, in like this type of crutch time moment? And then when yeah. I saw the, that uh, the tight end punched him in his helmet, you know what my first word was to Scott Van Pelt? Oh, he would have got me what? too. He would have got You'd me have too. Got you too. Yeah. You I would have hit him. Yes, you DC. You I would have hit him back. Second, I would have hit him back, DC. No, you know you can't be second. That's the one thing you know in hey, football. Bro. You can't be second. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of DC and RC. Come back tomorrow as we rank our top combat trilogies of all time. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One.